Welcome to the Sunday Morning Podcast from Kingdom Faith Church in Worthing. This message is by Clive Urquhart. Hey, good morning everybody. Great to be with you this morning. Although Jane and I are not physically with you, we are in heart and spirit. Uh, if you don't know, we are in Southern California with our son Joe and his wife Jess and our three beautiful grandkids and we are enjoying being with them and seeing them as we haven't seen them for two and a quarter years. So we're having a great time with them, enjoying the Californian sunshine. It's 25 degrees, which is absolutely beautiful, hopefully not making you jealous this morning. Uh, but. We are so excited about what God has been doing and is doing in the life of who we are as a church and what we're going to be coming into in 2022. God is moving, yet there's more. That's how we want to be living in our lives. Not just we're waiting for something, but God is moving, He's working, but yet there's more to discover and more to see. And on that note, God always announces what he's going to do before he's going to do it. So he's been speaking to us over the last few weeks, saying what he is doing and what he wants to do. And as we respond in our own lives personally and then together as a church, we then begin to see what he's announcing taking place. So he's been saying to us, uh, I'm inviting you into an in, uh, into an intimacy with you, this invitation of intimacy. I'm inviting you into a divine dance where you're close with me, your feet are on mine. You're letting me determine the pace and the steps and the moves and the direction. And as he's doing that, he's working in us and dealing with anything that hinders that intimacy with him. He's dealing with the stuff of life that affects us, that the enemy wants to use to try and get us off track. And God is saying, no, I'm calling you into this invitation of intimacy because I want you to know me in such a close and intimate way uh, where there's no guilt, there's no shame, there's there's no condemnation or judgment or criticism uh, that the enemy can level at us or anybody else can level at us. And I, I'm loving this time. And and I know we've we've talked about some pretty open things like pornography and sex addictions over the last couple of months. And the congregation leaders' testimonies and stories have been absolutely amazing. And that's really helping to create an environment that is safe. Uh, is secure to open up our hearts and lives because God is going deep. Why is he doing that? Because he is cleansing and purifying his bride because he's coming for his bride, but he also wants his bride, the church, to be releasing his life and his light and his power in a fresh way in these days. So God has been announcing things to us so that we respond and live ready today and also know how he wants us to live going forward. Basically, it's just being a disciple of Jesus, right? But God puts it in different terms to help us understand what he is doing, what he's saying, so we line our lives up with him. Now, if God is doing that today with us, it's because that is how he has always worked. We're coming into this Christmas season And our theme over the next few weeks, connected in with a culture of grace, but I think for the next few weeks is the King is coming. Okay, now this week is the King is coming, look up. Next week is going to be the King is coming, look in. And the third week, just before Christmas, is the King is coming, look 
out. And so we're going to go on this little journey for the next few weeks. Now, in relation to the king is coming, look up. God announced that the king was coming. The Messiah was going to be born many times in the Old Testament. And there are lots of scriptures that tell us about the king and what it looks like when he comes for the first time as the Messiah okay, for the salvation of mankind. There's other scriptures that then describe how he's going to come, the second coming, and what that is going to look like in the days ahead. And he gives us these prophetic words and prophecies in the Old Testament so that when things happen, we see this is God at work. Now, when he gave a lot of these prophecies, he was speaking to the people of Israel, to the Jewish people, letting them know when their Messiah was going to come and what it was going to, what he was going to look like. And then also for us now, the other side, we understand that a lot of these Old Testament prophecies were for, for the people of Israel, for the Jewish people, first to the Jew, then to the Gentile, as it talks about in Romans 1:16, when Paul speaks, for the gospel is the power of God for the salvation of everyone who believes, first to the Jew, then to the Gentile, okay? So we need to understand that, that when Jesus came, he came first of all to the Jewish people. He came as a Jew for the Jews. And as a result of the Jewish people responding to him as their Messiah, the early church was Jewish and then they brought the gospel to the nations and that's when we as Gentiles come into the gospel of the kingdom. We can respond to Jesus' salvation in that way, okay? So this whole theme, the king is coming. We're going to look at it on one or two different levels. One is Christmas time, the Christmas story. The king is coming and all the excitement around Christmas <laughs> that we, you know, this celebration season that we have, okay? But also we're looking at this another level prophetically. The king is coming. God has already been speaking to us. Invitation to intimacy, divine dance, bride, get ready because I'm coming. What does that mean for us? He is releasing his spirit in a new and fresh way in this season. The, the mandate that God gave to us through Pastor Collins' last words, take the stick, raise the banner. It's like that raising the banner is being who we've called to be in the day and the hour that we're in, that God is releasing His Spirit in a fresh way because He wants to do something unprecedented in our day, in our time, in terms of harvest, in terms of souls. That's why Jesus came. That is what the Christmas season is really all about. The Messiah coming for the salvation of mankind, for you and I, for every Jew and every Gentile, every person on the planet to be able to respond to the gospel of the kingdom. That was God's heart and that is why he came. So let's have a look at this king for a few moments. Who is this king? Okay, who is this king? Isaiah 9 verses 6 and 7 describes who this king is that's coming. And this was prophesied 700 years before Jesus actually came. And this is what uh, Isaiah prophesied. To us, a child is born. To us, a son is given. And the government will be on his shoulders. He will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Now, jump forward when the, when the angels and the whole host of heaven appeared to the shepherds, what did they sing? Glory to God in the highest 
and, and they were speaking about this one and they were talking about peace on earth to every man, okay? That was, and God's favour on them. That was, and so Isaiah was prophesying something 700 years before. The angels then declared that when they appeared to the shepherds, declaring the same thing. Then it, what does it say? Of the increase of his government and peace, there will be no end. There's going to be no arguments. He's in charge. He's coming to rule and reign. He will reign on David's throne and of his kingdom, establishing and upholding it with justice and righteousness from that time on. So Isaiah was prophesying about the king that was to come, the one full of majesty and might, everlasting father, prince of peace. But yet, he's going to come as a child being born. He's going to come as a baby. It's really, under, it's really important that we understand when God speaks that we don't finish the sentence and that we don't say, well, if God's saying this, that is what it's going to look like then. And in all that God is saying to us at this time, we don't want to finish his sentence. When we hear things like God is moving afresh by his spirit, this this intimacy, divine dance. He's coming for his bride. He's doing this, that, and the other. We don't just want to think, well, he's going to move like that, how I know he has moved in the past or what it's going to look like. No, we want to be ready for him to do what he wants to do the way that he wants to do it so that we don't interpret him speaking, but we allow him to take us step by step. That's why on one level as a church, we, are, we don't know how God's going to unfold things for the rest of this year and in 2022. We want to be listening. We want to be ready, available. What we do want to be doing is responding to him, though, in everything that he's doing. And as we respond to him, new and fresh things start to happen in us and through us. Let's jump into Isaiah chapter 40 for a moment. And again, this is preparing the way for the one that is to come. And he says, this is about... Um, Jesus coming and it says here, comfort, comfort my people, says your God. Speak tenderly to Jerusalem and cry to her that her warfare has ended, her iniquity is pardoned and that she has received from the Lord's hand double for all her sins. This is what Jesus was going to come and do to forgive every sin and to right every wrong and to enable, first of all, the Jewish people to respond to the gospel, okay, so that Jesus could be their Messiah and as a result of them responding to Jesus being their Messiah, God's heart and intention was then to baptise those early believers on the day of Pentecost with his spirit so that then they take the gospel to the nations. And then as Gentiles and as nations around the nation of Israel, we then can come into the same gospel and to be born again and saved in the same way that Jesus came as the, the Messiah, first of all for the Jew, then for the Gentile. Now we know that the Bible Bible says Jesus died once and he died for all. So he died for all mankind, okay? But he came first to the Jew, then to the Gentile. So when John the Baptist rocks up in Mark chapter 1, he is fulfilling some of what is said in Isaiah 40, that in the wilderness, there's a cry that's going to come to prepare the way for the Lord making straight paths in the desert, a highway for our God. So John the Baptist came, bringing a gospel of repentance, preparing the way for Jesus. And then Jesus came and started his ministry. So the Old Testament 
prophesied things so that we know when they happen, we know this is what's going on now and we can respond to what is going on now. In, uh, in our reading plan for December, okay, all the scriptures or many of them are about the prophetic promises in the Old Testament and that it helps to give us a bit of a story leading into this Christmas season and understanding it more thoroughly. But also there's other scriptures towards the end of the month of onwards from there, what is God saying and what does that mean and what it, does it mean for us today? So I want to encourage you, get plugged into the reading plan, soap, scripture, observation, application, prayer. Scripture, read the word. Observation, what's God saying to you? Application is what does that mean for me and how do I live that out? And then P, pray it through to apply it into your life. So you get stuck into the reading plan this month. It's going to be brilliant uh, running up to Christmas. Then in Mark chapter one, okay, John's dad, Zechariah, he was a priest. He, his turn to go into the Holy of Holies. And when he was in the Holy of Holies offering uh, the offerings for the, the forgiveness of sins for the people, okay, an angel appeared, Gabriel appeared to him and said to him that you're going to have a son, you're to name him John and he's going to be a messenger that, that, and, and he's going to go ahead to prepare the way for the Messiah. I mean, what a thing to be told that your child is going to be the forerunner of the Messiah. Again, fulfilment of prophecies from the old into the new. God is speaking to us prophetically today in terms of what he is doing. And we don't want to be those that just watch and say, well, yeah, great, I'll believe it when I see it. Those who believe enter into the promises of God. When God speaks to you promises for your own life and you say, yes, God, I want to enter into those. I want to respond to those and move towards them. By believing what he says to you and responding to them, that's when you enter into them. You begin to see them outworked and unfolded in your life. It's the same for us as a church. When God speaks prophetically and gives us promises, when we respond to them, we begin to see them outworked. If we just wait for them, we're going to be waiting a long time. But God is announcing things now to us so that we respond to them and we begin to see them. That's why when you respond to God, something happens in you first. And before you even see anything happen around you, because you're responding to God and what he's saying on the inside, as far as you're concerned, God's on the move then because something's happening on the inside of you. And when something happens on the inside of you, things begin to happen around you because God works inside out not outside in. He works in us so that what's happening in us then flows through us and stuff changes around us, okay? The enemy wants to work outside in. If I can affect you and try and lie to you and deceive you and you believe that, what is going on in you is going to implode and then nothing's going to come through us in the same way because we're listening to the enemy and what he's saying. But we're not those who listen to the enemy. We're those who listen to God, allow him to do in us what he wants to do in us. And then there's a release through us of his life to those around us, those that need him. Uh, we can release his life, his love, his power, his healing grace because of what he's doing in us. So when Jesus began his ministry, that's what he did. He listened to the Father and then allowed the Father to be working in him so that he only spoke what the Father was giving him. He only did what the Father was 
showing him. And that's the life that God has called us to, to live as believers. So Jesus came as the king. This is what he says about himself in Matthew 20, 28. Let's just look at, well, who is this king that has come then? He says, the son of man, this is the king of kings and the Lord of lords, this is Jesus, did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. So when Jesus came, he came as this king that they weren't expecting. He was different. He was coming as a servant king. Philippians 2 says, He made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness, being found in appearance as a man. He humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. Therefore God exalted him to the highest place. Isn't it interesting how God's kingdom is the lower you go, the more God works through our lives. The greater release that there is of God, the more he exalts who he is in our lives, the lower we go. Therefore God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every name, that at that name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth. Wow. And every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. So Jesus came as a servant king to demonstrate to us what the Christian life looks like, a life of serving, of humility, so that his lordship could be in our lives in the way that he wants, his reign and his rule. So let's have a look at Matthew 2 then, verse 2. The Magi, they turned up to see this king that had been born. Their question was, where is the one who is born king of the Jews? We saw his star when it rose and have come to worship him. Isn't it interesting how they understood that this king had come to serve, but yet he was going to be the king of the Jews. And they, they said, he's come to serve, but we've come to worship. And in this season that we're in, this Christmas season, let's look up to see the one who is the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords and let's worship him, not just in a meeting, but in our lives. What does it look like to worship Jesus? When we serve someone else, that's worshiping. When we encourage someone else, that's worship. When we want the best for others and bless them, that's worship. When we give to others, that's worship. When we make ourselves available to serve on a Sunday, that's worship. When we go out of our way to do something to some, for someone else, that's worship. When we forgive someone, that's worship. When we pray for the sick, that's worship. When we're reading the Bible and wanting to know God, that's worship. When we're praying for someone and about something to see a change, that's worship. Instead of criticising and judging, we say, no, no, I don't want to do that. Instead, I want to use my words to worship. So I'm going to build up and encourage and strengthen. That's worship to God. It's how we live our lives. And these guys said, we've come to worship this King of the Jews. Interesting how when Jesus was born, he was called King of the Jews because when he died on the cross, he had a sign on the cross that said, Inri, King of the Jews. And we've said this earlier in the message that he came first for the Jew, then for the Gentile, which is what Paul explains in Romans 1, 16. 
This is God's heart here. Ezekiel 36, 25 to 27. This is why Jesus came as King of the Jews when he was born. And on the cross, he was still King of the Jews because he came as a Jew for the Jews. Let's look what it says. This is God's heart for the Jewish people here and for the salvation of mankind. Listen to this. First for the Jew, because Jesus said, uh, God says here, Ezekiel 36, verse 24, for I will take you out of the nations and gather you from all the countries and bring you back into your own land. They've been scattered to the nations because they didn't follow God in the way that he wanted to. And because they didn't follow him, other nations overran them and they got dispersed all over the world, all over the nations. But God's heart was like, no, I'm going to regather you. I'm going to gather you back from all the countries and bring you back to your own land, the land that I've given you, the land of Israel. And in that place, I'm going to sprinkle clean water on you and you'll be clean. So this was prophesying here. And I will cleanse you from all the impurities and from all your idols, all the things they'd given themselves to. I will give you a new heart and put a new spirit in you. I'll remove from you your heart of stone and give you a heart of flesh. And I'll put my spirit in you and move you to follow my decrees and be careful to keep all my laws. Then you will live in the land I gave your ancestors and you'll be my people and I will be your God. God knew that in their own strength, he couldn't follow him. So he knew he'd have to take out the heart of stone and put in a heart of flesh and then also put his spirit in them so they could then walk with him in the way that he wanted to. That is the cross. That's what Jesus accomplished on the cross. That's about the king coming. This is why the king is coming. First of all, for the salvation of the Jewish people, but also for the salvation of every Gentile on the planet. That's what the cross is all about. So that he could come to live in us. So when we look up, yes, the king is coming because it's the Christmas season. But we also know because of where we are in history, the king has already come. And for those of us that know Jesus, we're living in the good of who he is and what he's already done. So let's have a look. What does it say in Psalm 22 verse 3? That God is enthroned upon the praises of his people. So how is God enthroned in our lives when we worship him, when we praise him? It's not just singing a praise song or singing a worship song. He's enthroned upon the praises, the worship of his people. In the same way as the Magi came and said, Jesus, you came to serve. We've come to worship. Let this season be a season of Jesus, you've come as the king to serve, to give your life as a ransom for many. And our response is, we want to worship. We want to live as a worshipping people. I want to live as a worshipping person so that everything that comes out of my mouth is something that worships and honours you. Everything that I do in my life towards others and in response to you is something that worships you and honours you. So the king is coming. Where does he come? He comes to live in the hearts and the lives of those who worship him. I love this carol, little chorus. Come and behold him. Let this be a season where we behold him in a fresh way, this intimacy.
born the King of angels. O come, let us adore him. O come, let us adore him. O come, let us adore him. Christ the Lord. He is worthy. He is worthy of our lives, of everything that we are. So can I just ask you a question this morning? We're going to give you a few minutes. If you're in person in, in one of the buildings and congregations around your tables, if you're at home, church in the home, then you can have a few minutes to do this as well. Just a couple of questions. What do you believe God is saying to you at this time? When you look up and you see the King is coming, all the things that he's saying to us as a church at the moment, what is God saying to you? What do you perceive he's saying to you at this time? And what is your response? What does that look like for you? What does that mean for you? What I want you to do is just round your tables. I want you to share with one another, maybe break into groups of two or three, okay? So you're not in a group of seven or eight, we haven't got time. It's gonna to take too long. Group of two or three, share, what's God saying to you? What does that look like for you at this time? And what is your response? And then what I want you to do is pray for one another, okay? Pray for one another. We're gonna give you a bit of time and then we're gonna come back and uh, uh, just finish off in a few moments time. Okay, well, hopefully you've been really, really encouraged. I trust that what you've heard from others and their heart to get after God, what he's doing in them, speaking to them about, and then just praying for one another. Hopefully you really encouraged each other, built each other up as you prayed for one another. I just wanna pray for every one of us uh, for a few moments right now. Father, I thank you for all that you're doing amongst us. I thank you for what you're saying. Father, I just, Pray that you would continue to find us responding to you as we look up in awe and wonder of who you are. Father, I thank you. Just lift off any heaviness from anybody who's under anything like that. I thank you for a fresh release of your spirit and your life in each one of us right now. I thank you, you're more than enough for every situation in our lives. And Father, I just thank you that as we respond to you, you'd meet with each one of us in these coming days and weeks, running up to Christmas. It wouldn't be a slowdown time, but it'd be an acceleration time in you. Father, I thank you for your healing power right now into people's bodies, physical symptoms going out of people's bodies, Right now, headaches, backaches, joint issues, uh, organs in people's bodies being healed right now. Father, I thank you for a release of your healing grace into people's chest, into people's lungs, uh, into digestive systems now, into, into bones, into muscles. Father, I thank you for your healing grace being released into people's lives right now. I thank you, Lord. Just take hold of your healing right now. I know we've kind of jumped into this quickly, but just take what is yours right now because the King is coming upon you with his healing grace because he's already in you with his healing power. And so, Father, I thank you for healthy lives, healthy bodies. We take authority over COVID right now. We are not going to have COVID overtaking our lives in any way, shape or form in this season going forward. 
And we speak healing to anybody who has positive symptoms right now. Be healed in the name of Jesus. We speak your protection around every one of us that no one is going to get COVID from this moment onwards who is part of this church. We just declare a COVID-free church right now in the name of Jesus. That we're all going to spend time with family and friends and be together during this season. And we thank you, Father. We praise your mighty, awesome name. Hey, guys, be really, really blessed. Have a great December, great Christmas season. And we love you guys loads and we'll see you soon. Bless you. Thank you for listening to this Kingdom Faith podcast. We trust it's been an encouragement to you. For more information and resources from Kingdom Faith and our other audio and video podcasts, please visit www.kingdomfaith.com.